Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg. Today's show from June 12th, 2011, doubleheader from a real heavy hitter, Malcolm Reed. Malcolm Reed of Killer Hogs Barbecue stopped by, talked to Greg about reheating barbecue. It's a great segment. It's actually two great segments. Let's do it. Here's Malcolm Reed from June 12th, 2011. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Come on, let's go. We're going to be talking about reheating barbecue with one of my favorite new guests, Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs. Malcolm, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, absolutely fabulous. Uh, welcome back to the show, Malcolm. I appreciate you making time for me tonight. And it's really one of the uh, more fascinating subjects. And, uh, and let me be uh, completely honest here. I've had a number of people ask me uh, from time to time since, you know, when you get a good hand at making decent barbecue in the backyard word spreads among friends and family and all of a sudden you're getting like requests oh hey you know when you're going to be four hours down the road uh, why don't you stop by and, and bring me some barbecue and i tend to shy away from that simply because a i don't want to put the weber smoky mountain twins in the back of my van and have my van smell like a smoker uh, but more importantly i've never cooked barbecue and then stored it somewhere then to bring it back to the same type of quality barbecue coming off of the cooker as it usually would on any given weekend so your email seemed to be more timely than ever when we were talking about reheating barbecue so definitely wanted to have you back on so let's kind of cover it from start to finish at least in your estimation processes that you go through and how you would do it with different types of meat and, and potentially what you would want to stay from as well so uh I'll turn the floor over to you Malcolm. Sure, you know that's how I, I started too. I was uh, getting requests from friends when we first started cooking, and, you know, just trying to get barbecue out there and figure a way to put it up. And it, it was tough at first, man. I've, I've tried a bunch of different ways, and just over the years, I kind of—I wouldn't say perfected, but I've, I've got a way to where it's—it's it's at least, you know, almost as good as when it first comes off. Um, like the bigger cuts of meat. You'll have more success with, with you know, with storing them in the fridge or even putting them in the freezer. Um, ribs are doable. It's just part of the process. You need to cut off at the end and, and finish them the next, you know, when you get ready to heat them up. But um, chicken is something that you know, I'm still working with. I found that when you're doing chicken that if you'll pull the meat, because, I mean, you know, chicken, your time window when it's done is... It's so close, you know, it, it dries out so fast. So if you pull it and then store it that way, it'll work better. But we'll talk about all three of them. Um, when I start with, say, pork butts or yeah. something like the shoulders, I've always got some left over at a contest, or I'm always cooking them for friends that can't come pick them up day of and all that. So what I'll do is I keep them as large 
as large as pieces as possible. Like, you know, if you can get a whole butt and wrap the whole thing up, that's great. But if you're taking the bones out at least and, you know, getting it in larger cuts of meat, what I like to do is get it chilled first when it comes off the grill. Vent it, let it cool down. You know, you don't want to get in that danger zone. That's a big thing with putting this meat up. You don't want to get anybody sick. I mean, that's something everybody should be, you know, conscious of when you're, when you're talking about cooking food for other people and your family. You right. know, that's what you want to do. But, but get it cooled down and then get it in the fridge. And um, what I'll do is I'll use just like aluminum food service pans. I'll, you know, get my butts in that or get my meat in there and get it covered with full good. Get it in the fridge. I like to wrap it up as tight as possible. So when I'm wrap, when you know when I'm doing my butts, I, I wrap them halfway through. That's part of my process. Well, I'll take them out of that full, let them cool down, and get them wrapped back up in some new full. And I'm taking the juices that cooked out and putting that back in there with it. But that's a big thing when you're reheating. You're, you're going to steam that that juice back up, and it's going to get back in that meat, and it's not going to be dry. That's that's one thing you really want. You don't want, you don't want to dry meat when you when you heat it back up. But you can take it and freeze it from there. <clears throat> Freezing from there, what I do is I use I'll go find the large, extra large Ziploc bags. Usually um, Kroger here locally, where I am, right outside of Memphis, carries them. But you can find them, you know, just about anywhere. Any big supermarket will have a big Ziploc bag and put it wrapped inside that Ziploc bag and get all the air out. It's as simple as that to freeze it. And when you're bringing this meat back, you need to take it out and let it thaw in the fridge. Don't let it sit out because, you know, there you go again. When you're thawing meat out, bacteria can grow and, you know, you can get contaminated. So make sure it's good and thawed in the fridge before you go to reheat it. And if possible, I like to reheat it on a smoker. I mean, there's nothing easier than taking that meat out, <clears throat> putting the aluminum foil back in a food service pan, letting it sit on a 225 smoker for about an hour, and then you can break it open and it's ready to go. Now, what I'll also do is pull that full back and add a little juice, a little apple juice or a little thin-down barbecue sauce, maybe even some ham stock if I have some bones that I've cooked down. That's just something to add some more flavor to it. That's something that I do. Now, in a pinch, you know, you can use the oven. That's what I've done it a lot of times when I didn't, wasn't able to fire the cooker up or I was somewhere that didn't have a smoker. I'll put it and do the same process, thaw it out. Add a little moisture to it, put it in the oven. You know, you can turn the heat up to about 350 on an oven, and, you're, you know, your, your meat's ready to go in, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, it's it's almost as good. I wouldn't say, you know, it's not, a, it's, of course, it's not the the best bark that it would be when it come off your smoker the first time, but, it, it, you know, it's it's pretty close. And someone that's, you know, eating the barbecue is going to think that you really did stay up all night cooking it, and that's the important part. You want to serve a product like you're talking about that's fresh, you know. Malcolm, let me uh, ask you a quick question here because when we're talking about freezing, and I know I do this because I have one at my house, and maybe not everybody has one, but to me, if you're going to get into even backyard barbecuing, one of the staples aside from a good cooker, good fuel source, good wood source for a smoke flavor is you have to get a uh, a food saver, some type of vacuum packer. It doesn't have to be commercial uh, commercial grade, but you know, food saver makes one. I have one. Um, if at all possible, when you're doing the freezing, wouldn't that be like the best way? Because then you're really getting all of the air out and you can use those bags to actually, uh, I don't want to go against, uh, you know, like bad religion here, but you can actually put them in, in pots of boiling water to, to thaw them out and reheat them that way. That's exactly right. I have one, too, that I've been using here lately. And, and it's a great, you know, not everybody has them. Um, I tell you what, I found a great deal online from the Food Saver brand. I think I bought the deluxe system they had for like a hundred bucks, and they come with enough bags to last me six months. But that's a you know, when I do the Food Saver, I like to package it up for smaller portions. 
So I can, you can, what you can do on a food saver is you can go ahead and pull the meat. You can put your sliced briskets in there, add some of the au jus to the package. You can put your uh, pulled meat in there, add some of your liquid back to it, and get it sealed up and freeze it. And, then, and man, it'll last well into a year. And then when you bring it back, it's as simple as boiling a pot of water and, you know, throwing the package in there, cutting the heat off and letting it sit 15 to 20 minutes, and you're right back to the temperature you need to be to serve it. I'd highly recommend those. I mean, they, they're great for storing rub in. You know, when we make rub, if we have extra, we'll vacuum seal it if we're not going to use it for a little while. It just keeps everything fresh. I mean, I'm not I'm not working for food saver or anything, but they are a great tool. <laughs> Best moments of the barbecue central show in ten minutes or less. Come on, let's go. Oh, absolutely. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. He's a pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team also. You can find out his website at uh, howtobbqright.com, which has uh, just tons of great information here, right, for Malcolm. And uh, one of my uh, new favorite websites to check out because of all of the tricks and techniques here. Malcolm, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about specifically, because everybody's favorite barbecue inherently, at least for the majority of people, or what people think about when they're talking about barbecue is ribs. How do you get these from how you would normally have them on the weekend to four or five, six hours down the road, or perhaps even worse, a day or two down the road. What, what I do with ribs, you know, you can, you can see my process there on the website, but, but I'll take them through the smoke stage and then the wrap stage. And then how we would normally finish them when, when we get them to the tenderness, you know, we unwrap the full and when we get the tenderness we want, we usually go ahead and glaze them, say we're at a contest or, or we're cooking at home for someone, you know, we might want some dry. But what I do is I get them to the wrap stage and stop them. When you've got that tenderness, go ahead and pull them off, get that full vented, and get the juice off the ribs. And when they get completely cooled, you can take them and wrap them back up in fresh full, just like you would when you were going to wrap them for the smoker. And then if you have a vacuum saver, you can make a bag and it slip them right in that bag and vacuum seal them, or you can just slide them back down in the Ziploc bags. As long as they're wrapped up good, they'll keep. But when you get ready to reheat them, that's where it's key. I, what I do is I take that foil and kind of make a little boat. I'll, I'll wrap them to where it'll fold back, and then I kind of pinch the sides around, and it makes a little full boat that they sit in. And you can either put them on a cookie sheet in the oven and warm them back up for a little bit and then put your glaze on them, or you can mop them and just go with a dry rub if you like them Memphis style. Or, but that's the easiest way. I mean, they do a lot better on the smoker, warming them back up that way at 225. Just put them in there straight out of the refrigerator wrapped up for about 30 minutes at 225 and then unwrap them and make your boat and then go to glazing them. And so you, you're right back to your ready ribs there to hour. So All right. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty quick process to get ribs that, you know, you, you would have normally took you five to six hours plus prep time. Yeah, ribs, uh, definitely a fan favorite, so appreciate that information. And then, of course, uh, one of the easiest things to make and have access to all the time is chicken. Uh, how do you want to attack that best way? That I mean, for me, you know, pieces of chicken, it's, it's hard to store those and get them back. I mean, I've done it. They're never they're never the same quality as they are when they come off the smoker. But if, if you'll take your chicken, and what a lot of times I'll do at that point is serve what's called pulled chicken. And it's basically like pulled pork. You just take it off the bones. Um, work it up into pieces. You can chop it, or you can just you know just pull it apart with your gloved hands, and then mix some sauce with it. The sauce will add moisture, so when you're bringing it back up that way, it's going to be nice and hot and moist. But to get pieces back, it's real it's real tough to do. That chicken just doesn't have the shelf life. I mean, 
a larger cut, say for like a turkey breast, if you're doing a smoked turkey breast or, or even some whole chickens, you know, like a beer can style, I've held those in the fridge for a day or so and then brought them back in a pan with a little chicken broth and, you know, a little apple juice. But they just don't, they don't reheat. Chicken's one of those, one of those foods that doesn't reheat well. I mean, it's, you know, if I have a lot of, a lot of times if I have excess chicken left over, we're making smoked chicken salad or something like that, you know, using it for gumbo because it's just, you're not going to get, it's not going to be as good as when it come off the grill. And, and, you know, chicken cooks so fast, usually, you know, if you're not doing a ton of it, you can do it pretty quick day of, too. What about brisket? Is that going to be similar process than, or as uh, you would do pork butts, or is there something different about that? I do brisket the same way. Um, I do like to make an au jus up and put in there with it. Um, and usually, I mean, I'll take the beef drippings that come out of the pan, cook them down a little, add a little Worcestershire to it, and season it back up. Just, get a good flavor in that in a pot on the stove or, you know, if you're out on a campsite, you know, those little propane stoves or something, but I, I keep the brisket whole. I don't go ahead and pre-slice it unless I'm going to put it in the food saver because the slices dry out so fast once you, once you go ahead and cut that brisket. But if you'll take that brisket and, and vent it and get it cooled down and then get it wrapped back up tight, I mean, it's, it's good to go. A brisket will reheat just the same way in about an hour and then you can slice it and, you know, you have your juice ready to go slices go right in the juice and you're ready to serve malcolm reed joining us here uh, his website again uh, that we're talking about how to bbq so check that out uh, malcolm any other tips or, or tricks as far as reheating barbecue that we didn't cover um I, you know i think that's that's pretty much well has it i mean it's it's not a real not a real tricks or anything but, but what i'd always like to say you know when, you, when you're serving somebody food or something if you if you'll serve them with a the warm sauce with it or you know, heat that heat that au jus up, or heat that stock, or whatever it is up that you're putting in there with it. It'll 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 just get you there a little faster instead of having to take that recovery time heating it from cold on the smoker or in the oven. Um, that's you know that's that's not really a trick. It's just something we always do, and I think it just turns out a better product in the end. But always use a warm sauce or a warm warm glaze. And I want to direct people over to Killer Hogs. Uh, dot com to check out the barbecue rub that you guys are selling. Uh, you can find that killerhogs.com slash the BBQ rub dot HTML. For the people that haven't tried them out, Malcolm, give us a little idea of flavor profile. It looks like you might have a, are they two different sizes? Is that what it is? Yeah, well, actually, we're doing three. We've, we've okay. done an eight ounce size and a 16 ounce size and then a three pound competition pack. And it's geared more for the KCBS cook. Um, that's when I go to a contest. I take I take three pounds with me, and that's good for chicken, pork butt, ribs, and I even use it on brisket too. Now, when I do brisket, I I, I do like a pre-season rub. It's like I'm more of like a beef-based rub, but I like using the barbecue rub for color on the brisket. But but basically, you know, it's it's got your good salt, kosher salt in it, and it's got three different sugars in it. Um, I use a organic sugar and a turbinado along with some brown sugar. But then we pick up some different flavors in it. I use some dried thyme and a little oregano, and then it's got your heat coming from some ancho chili powder and some white pepper and a little black pepper. I mean, it's I mean it's, it's some complex flavors, but they're all meant to jive together. And we, you know, it took us years to make this rub. We we're always looking for something that that complemented whatever meat we were cooking, but not to cover the meat up. And that was and that, that's important when you're doing a looking for a dry rub on any kind of meat. You want to let the meat shine through it, but you want to put flavors on it that's going to, you know, enhance it. And that's basically what this rub that we, me and Waylon came up with does. And we were just, you know, willing to share it with people. We have a lot of people asking for recipes for it and all that. And we, 
decided we'd put it out there because we've had you know pretty positive response from it so far. There you go, and it's called the Barbecue Rub, and you can find it again killerhogs dot com slash the bbq rub dot html. And again, uh, the website we're talking about tonight is the other one, how to bbq right dot com. And uh, Malcolm was telling us how to reheat barbecue. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, Greg, anytime, man. I enjoy it. And I sent some rub your way today. I want you to check uh-huh. it out and tell me what you think, man. Oh, uh, you know, I'll do that. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Greg, All right good, take care. Malcolm Reed, again, the website, howtobbqright.com, and the competition team, killerhogs.com. You can get their rub. Check it out. I got me some. Well, as Greg just said, Malcolm Reed, Killer Hogs Barbecue, he gave you the website. You want to check out this entire interview or this entire show from June 12, 2011, head on over to thebbqcentralshow.com. There is a search box on that page. Type in Malcolm Reed. You'll be able to find all the episodes that Malcolm was on. Type in whatever you want. If there's a show about it, it's going to pop up. While you're there, hit the subscribe button at the top of the page. Get this show via podcast as well as the Barbecue Central Show via podcast every week. Never miss an episode again. Thanks for listening to the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg, and I will talk to you soon.